Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. I'm excited to preach this morning and to um, bring uh, the message and what God has on my heart for you all. Um, but before we get into that, I, uh, during worship, just was trying to be sensitive to God and what he wanted to do. And I felt like he was reminding me to remind you guys of one of his attributes. And that is, uh, um, we don't necessarily see it this way, but this is the way I want to say it. And this is the way I feel like God spoke it to me. And that is that God is able. Amen. God is able. And when you think about ability and when you think about capability, uh, someone who is able is someone who's dependable. Someone who is able or capable is someone who you know that when I ask them to do something that they're going to deliver. Right. There's no doubt in my mind that when I ask this person to accomplish this task, that they're going to come through to me uh, through for me. It's like, you know, we see these the memes all the time, uh, the the, the pictures online. And it's like you uh, have one phone call and you got to call one person who's going to answer the phone. If they don't answer, you die. Who do you call? Tag them in the comments. You know what I'm talking about? Or it's like, you got a billion dollars on the line and one phone call to make. And if the person doesn't answer the phone, you don't get the billion dollars. Who are you going to call? It's always like this weird, like, you know, uh, scenario. But what we have to understand is that that phone call, no matter what the phone call is about or no matter what's on the line, when we call God, he always answers. When we, when, we, when we place the demand on him, he always comes through. Why? Because he's able. He's capable. And, and, and uh, there's a couple of scriptures that I want to read for you um, this morning in light of that. And, and one of them is uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, now to him who is able to do uh, be above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now to him who is able. The other translations say, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. There's another one that says, uh, uh, and God is able, listen to this, this language is great. God is able to make every, every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every Good work. Somebody say God is able. And and lastly, one is that it says, uh, now to him, this, I love this because uh, I don't know about you guys, but I make mistakes sometimes. You know, I have struggles. I have my own issues. But the Bible says that now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with great joy. God is able. And this morning, I want to pray for some people who maybe you're, you're up against a situation that seems a little tough. Maybe you're needing healing in your body. Maybe you're asking or desiring or seeking God for someone to come home who's far from God. Maybe you're just, you've just been dealing with the same sickness or the same uh, uh, sin in your life for years and years and years, and you're finally fed up with it, and you're like, God, I need you. Well, guess what? I want you to know that this morning, God is able. And so if anyway, if that resonates with you, I want you to stand to your feet and I'm going to pray for you this morning. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Just just go ahead and um and and do something. I was gonna say put your hand on your heart or lift your hands, whatever it is. Uh, but do whatever. But I I just want you to do something that signifies faith that says, God, I believe that you are able to answer my prayers. And so, Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. God, we come to you boldly, knowing and understanding that you are able. That there is nothing that our God cannot do. God, you move mountains. You cause walls to fall. God, you you work in power. You perform miracles. And Jesus, we thank you that there is nothing that is impossible with you, Lord God. So we stand believing and knowing that you are able to open the blind eyes, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to bring healing, Father God, to bring restoration, to, 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 to break the chains of addiction and bondage in our lives, Lord Jesus. We thank you that your blood paid the price for whatever it is that we're believing for today. And so in Jesus' name, I, I, I say no to doubt. I say no to fear. I say no to worry. I say no to lack in Jesus' mighty name where the enemy might be trying to come in and convince us that you can't do it. God, we push back and we stand on your word and we believe and say that you are able in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, can we get a little clap of praise this morning? Awesome. You see, we have to understand that, you know, life will come at us. Things will happen, and doubt will creep in, and we'll go, oh my gosh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But our God is able. Our God has the ability to do things that we can't even fathom. And when we begin to understand the power of the God that we have, what happens is, man, our, we go... I'm asking for something so small in light of who God is, right? I'm worried about this little thing or that little thing or this, this, this trial or that trial, and God is just so much bigger. It almost makes me, what happens with me, you know, I like work myself up, and then uh, I get in God's presence and I start to pray, and what happens is I'm like, oh, man, I feel kind of foolish, right? Because God's like so capable. He's so able, you know, like when my daughter is like, she wants something, she's two years old, and she wants something, she's like, daddy, daddy, and she just starts like crying, and I'm like, why are you crying? I will get you another, you know, cracker. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's a cracker. You know what I mean? But she's freaking out because she thinks there's no more or I'm not going to get her anymore. But it's like, hey, Gianna, I'm able to give you a cracker, Right? And that's, I think, sometimes how God uh, looks at us. So anyhow, that has nothing to do with my message. I just believe that God wanted to do that this morning. Uh, so this morning, I'm preaching a message entitled uh, Close to God. And, and um, I, I, I only really desire to just stoke the fire in your life. You know, some of us... Um, you, you maybe come in this room and you're like on fumes and you have a little coal that is uh, uh, smoldering in your life. Um, and a lot of that's because the holiday season just got over with. You're like, I spent too much money. I told myself I wasn't going to spend that much money, but I did it anyway. And, you know, all the stress that came with that and then COVID and all that junk. And so you come in this room this morning and you're like, you just got this little bitty ember, Right. And it's like, Lord Jesus, you're, you're holding on by a thread. And that's okay. I, my goal still remains to, 
to stoke the fire in your life, to fan the flame, to get that ember going. Uh, some of you come in and you're like excited and you're like, man, this is a new year. This is a new me. His mercies are new every morning. I'm excited for what God want, is going to do in my life in 2022. It's going to be amazing. And the fire that you have is enormous. You're like, I can burn anything in this fire. This fire is amazing, right? Regardless, doesn't matter. I'm just going to pour some gasoline on that too, all right? So uh, my, my, my goal, like I said, is very simple, uh, and that is just to stoke the fire in your life, no matter where you're at or anywhere in between. Uh, and the way that I plan on doing that is to tell you some stories, open up my life, show, uh, I, I want to let you kind of know what happened and what's been going on in the last year, what God really did last year in my life and uh, how, how things went for me. And so it's going to be a lot of stories there, but then it's going to transition over into, um, for all you type A people, it's going to be a little more um, teachy, and it's going to be some, uh, some information you can write down and take home. But the beginning of this message, the heart of this message, uh, has to be caught and not taught, okay? The heart of what I want to speak to you guys today, you have to catch it, right? You can't just sit down and write down all the principles and then think that you're going to be able to go and execute from here. But I think if you really uh, catch it, if you allow it to hit your heart and uh, move forward from there, then I think all the principles and all the stuff at the back end will really help you out. All right. So uh, let's pray really quickly. Father God, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing today. God, I pray that you would just uh, bless every single one that is here under the sound of my voice, Lord God. And I pray that this word would fall on good ground. And I pray that um, they would they would want to get close to you, Father God. That something that I say, that, that the Holy Spirit would, would touch them and, and prick their heart, Lord Jesus, and that it would allow them to desire more than anything else to get closer to you. In Jesus' my name, amen. Well, so uh, I am an interesting person in that, you know, once I get something like in my mind and like I want to really do it, then I'm like all in, right? And uh, so back in high school, I had these moments where God was really, um, I felt like God was just doing a transformational work in my life. Um, I played football, I wrestled, uh, uh, did powerlifting, a little bit of track. I didn't run track, I just threw shot put. I don't understand why anybody would go to practice to run, so I never ran track. Uh, I was like, I'll throw stuff, but I wasn't very good. I just did it because the team was good and they didn't want to give up the event. So they were like, hey, you want to come throw shot put and just don't get last? I was like, all right, cool, whatever, that's fine. So uh, I did all that. And anyhow, throughout that process, I kind of realized, like, I, I, I really wanted to play football. I wanted to go to college. And my ultimate goal, like every other person or, or, or athlete, was to go pro. I was like, I'm going to the NFL. I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to buy you a house, whatever car you want to. It's going to be great. And she's like, okay, Miles. And, uh, and, and so um, there's not a market for five, nine linebackers in the NFL, if you didn't know that. Um, so so um, uh, I... I I was just like so gung-ho towards that. But then I realized, like I go to Southeast High School and we were terrible at football. We were one and eight for four years. We won four games in four years. And I didn't like that, right? My wife says I'm a sore loser, but I'm not a sore loser. I just like to win, okay? And so, so um, it's more fun, okay? Is it not? Winning is more fun. Um, Joey. <laughs> uh, and so, so God is like, 
speaking to me about this and and I realized because I was just tired of getting yelled at, right? I was uh, on the football team and the coaches would like get on my case for Lord knows why. Um, and I'm like, this isn't worth it, right? Like, this is not worth it. I'm getting yelled at to lose eight games a year. That makes no sense to me. And so that was when it was a good thing because God really got a hold of my heart. And uh, I just started to pray and seek his face and was like, God, what do you really have for me? Because it's not football, right? And, and besides, I can't play this my whole life. Like something's going to happen and I'm going to get hurt and it's going to all be over with. And so um, as I was praying and seeking his face, he began to speak to me about what he wanted me to do. That propelled me forward uh, to my junior year in high school. I went to this conference. God spoke to me and was like, uh, uh, I want you to, I, I really felt like I should go to this um, Bible school in Seattle, Washington. My mom was like, I told her, I said, hey, can I go to this conference? Because I got to go check out this school that I want to go to in Seattle, Washington. And she's like, my, this was like probably, I think this was the summer and the conference was in like May. And uh, she's like, Miles, you can't go to the conference. And I'm like, why not? She's like, because how are you going to get there? I'm like, an airplane. She's like, you're a junior. She's like, you're 17. I'm not putting you on a plane by yourself to go to Seattle, Washington, to a place that you've never been to before. And you don't know anybody. I'm like, I don't see any problems here, mom. Let me go to Seattle, you know? And she's like, no, I can't do that. I'm like, all right, so, so um, like, put me on a train, put me on a bus, like I have to go. And so she, she finally relented and let me go on a train and it took three days to get there, but I didn't care. Got there, went to the conference, it was awesome. Uh, God spoke to me some more and, and just everything became pretty apparent. And so I get back home and uh, um, I knew I was going to that college out in Seattle, Bible, um, it's, really, it's an internship. Um, and so I knew I was gonna do that, so I get home and I'm like, I'm still playing sports, to, uh, still wrestling, playing football, all that stuff. But like, I, I know that the season is coming to a close. And so I'm having times uh, by myself and I'm like praying and I'm, I'm just worshiping God. And I created myself this little like prayer closet. I took all my, I didn't have a lot of clothes, but I took all my clothes out of my closet and I actually made myself a prayer closet. And it was tiny. It was a little bitty closet. And like when I sat in my little stool in my closet, my one shoulder touched the wall the other shoulder like touched the door and I had my stereo in there my books and I would just read and pray and it was great <clears throat> and so God I thought he was preparing me well this basically happened all through not all through high school the last couple years of high school and then when I was in college I went to a Bible school so there's you know chapel and prayer and like it was pretty serious it wasn't your typical Bible college where parents just send their kids there so they have peace of mind because they don't like they think that by going to a Bible college, they won't like get into drugs or alcohol or the partying. So they're like, go to a Bible school. It'll be good. And it's like, that's not how that works. Um, but it was, this is a legit like program. There's only a hundred of us. And um, uh, it was very close knit and they kept a good eye on us. And like the Holy Spirit was present. We're getting taught great lessons and everything. So like I'm seeking God's face for probably about four years. And I really realized that like, as I look back on that time, what, what's happening is God's preparing me for basically this time that I'm in now. So I get out of school in 2011, and basically all of that uh, praying and seeking God's face was like the roots and the preparation that I needed to come back, start working as youth pastor, then later on become a barber and so on and so forth. 
And so now fast forward to maybe 2019-ish, a couple of years ago, uh, yeah, maybe it was last year. I don't know. I like barely know what year it is right now. So uh, COVID like ruined everything. I'm like, I don't even know what year it is. I've given up on trying to figure out what happened the last year and a half. Um, but so I get to the end of the year and I'm starting to feel like this couple years ago, a year ago, um, it would have been the end of 2020 because this story is all in 2021. Okay. So I get to the end of 2020-ish and I'm starting to feel like God wants to do something. And so I'm like, God, I just, I just sense that like there's something that you want to do in me and with our family and like where you want to take us. And so I kind of am like looking back over my life, taking inventory and realizing everything I just told you basically. But I was like, you know, the funny thing about that was I just wanted God. I didn't really know what was happening. I was just like, I'm listening to messages and seeking God's face. And they're like, hey, you should have a prayer closet. So I'm like, all right, cool. I go in and I make myself a prayer closet. They're like, you should read this book or read, you know, whatever. And I'm like, all right, okay, I'm going to read this book. And and, and I don't know. I'm just like going after God, right? And uh, all the while, like, don't get me wrong, I am still a normal, goofy high school boy, okay? Like there's the, I'm, I'm still 17 to 21, okay? So there's a lot of that going on in the normal. But my heart was really after God. And so... Uh, I'm like, all right, God, like something's happening. You want to do something. Um, but I feel like I need to like go back into, I kept saying, I need to like go back to that prayer closet and go back to those times, you know, where you were really speaking to me. But like now I'm married and I have a child and then I had two children and uh, it's just like, how am I supposed to do this, you know? And, and really what happened was God just kind of kept talking to me and kept speaking to me and he kind of led me along and uh, I just kept following him. And so I decided, God like totally tricked me. Anybody ever been tricked by God? I decided uh, I decided I was going to buy a juicer. Um, I, I thought it'd be a good idea to buy a cold pressed juicer so I can have some good juice at home. And uh, I... I planned on buying this at the end of 2020, and then at the beginning of 2021, I was just going to do a three-day juice cleanse, strictly physical, no other reasons. I just wanted to do it for my body. And um, as I was doing that, uh, I was on work uh, up in Joliet. I, like I said, I, I cut hair and barber, but you might not know that I also educate. So I go to salons or other barber shops and I show them how to cut hair and I educate on how to like use a certain product for a different comp or for a company that I work for. It's called Depot. And um, so I was sometimes every now and again, if you don't see me on a Sunday, it's usually because I'm gone teaching a class. And so I, I try not to get a hotel um, because I just don't like being gone from the family and it's just a little rougher on everybody. So usually I just wake up early, go do the class and then come back and then I'm only gone a day. It's like a long work day. But this time I was gone, uh, I was gone overnight. So it must've been a two day class, I can't remember, it doesn't matter. Uh, but I had a hotel that night so I'm driving up north. The Ravens are playing the Bills. I'm upset because we are losing this game. And I thought we had a chance, but we had no chance. And uh, so I'm sitting in my hotel room, and I'm, like, super frustrated because we lost this stupid football game. And I'm like, ah. So I do what any good uh, person would do, and I buy myself a veggie burger and french fries, and I drown away my sorrows from our loss. And so I'm sitting there eating my veggie burger uh, and um, in my room, and I'm flipping through the channels, and I find uh, Jensen and Franklin's on TV. If you don't know who Jensen is, 
He's great. Uh, I'm not mumbling his name. That's just how you say it. Gentizen. It's really weird, but he's a good guy. Uh, and he's on TV. He's preaching. So I'm like, oh, I'll watch this for a second. So I watch it, and he's talking about fasting. I only catch it for like 10 minutes, uh, and but in that 10 minutes, it's enough to like pique my interest. And I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm going to listen to the rest of it later. Turn the channel. Start watching something on the History Channel, whatever. Go to sleep next day uh I, I begin to go back home and i start i look for that message from jensen on youtube and i listen to the whole thing on the way home i'm pretty sure i might listen to it at home don't remember but i listen to it and so i listen to this message and i'm like this is amazing i'm all in like i said at the beginning when i hear something like that just sounds great or something I want to do, I'm like, yes, everything. So I, he's like talking about a book. I'm like, go find the book. So I listen to the message. I go find the book. I get the workbook, buy them both. Uh, and then I'm like, I'm turning my three-day juice cleanse into a five-day juice-only fast. It happened in like 30 minutes. I don't even know what I was doing. I just was like, we're doing this. And so, uh, so I... I had no idea what I was, I really had no idea what I was signing up for. Because um, if you notice, I'm not very small, okay? And I just committed myself to drink fruit and vegetable juice only for five days. And so um, the juicer shows up late, finally gets here, uh, and I prep all my juice, and I start drinking the juice, and I'm like, day three, it's like juice, water, and I think I did coffee. But by day three, I'm just like, out of it like I'm done right and um there's a lot that's going on and this is a fast mind you and so um every time I'm hungry I'm just reminding myself that like man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God I would be at work and I'm just like oh you know like why did I do this this is such a bad idea <laughs> this is such a bad idea and and yet, I'm still reminding myself, like, I want God more than I want food, right? And I'm telling myself that as the deer pants for the water, God, my soul longs for you, right? And I'm just trying to stay focused. I'm just trying to stay focused. And so, the five days get up, and I'm reading this book by Jensen Franklin on fasting, and in the book, he starts to explain the different lengths of fast. There's a one-day, th these are all biblical. You can fast for however long you want. But in the Bible, we see that there are one-day fasts. There are three-day fasts, five-day fasts, seven-day, 21, and 40-day. And my true nature comes through again because he's, he's explaining how they're all used. And he gets to the 40-day fast, and he's like, 40-day fasts are for domination. And I'm like, I want to dominate. I'm doing a 40-day fast. I started, I was just doing like a five-day fast. I like literally just told myself I was only going to do five days. And then, uh, and I think I was going to do five days juice and then the rest of like 21 days, you know, restricted foods and stuff. But um, I heard 40 and I'm like, 40, let me get it. And so, bad idea. Don't do that. And so, do it if God tells you to. But I, I do this 40-day fast and I get like, another five days into it and again I'm like why did I do that <laughs> it was such a bad idea like I wish I had some sort of governor to like just like red flag myself to be like hey Miles that might not be a good idea slow down wait a second but it's just not in my nature at all and so um so I get to 40 days uh not two 40 days but I'm, I commit to the 40 day fast and mind you this is a, it's about God I'm just like focusing myself on what it is he wants for me 
Because again, my desire is just to be close to God. I just want to be in his presence. I just want to experience him in a good and new way. Because again, I just knew something was coming, right? I knew he was going to, to just, like, I just knew, I just felt like, man, God, like there's something that you want to do more with me, with us. And so in the middle of this 40 day fast, third time, third time, like I don't learn. Uh, I'm, I, I'm like scrolling through Instagram one day and I follow this guy and he's talking about Lent. And like, I'm reading his post about Lent. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I don't really know much about Lent. Like I know a little bit about Lent, but not a whole lot. And before you know it, guess what I did? I committed to doing Lent. So I'm like, I'm going to do Lent. It's going to be great. And then I read more. I'm like, oh, this is just a fancy word for fasting. (laughs) So so I'm like, what the heck? What is wrong with me? But I already committed, so I have to do it. So, um, So I looked at it. I was like, when does Lent start? And the Lent started in the middle of my 40 days. So I'm like, why? So my 40 days overlapped with Lent. And when it was all said and done, I was fasting for 65 days. It was crazy. I was like, what in the world? And the whole time, God's like just ripping me to shreds. My heart's just like, you know, numb. My soul is like being laid out every day. But that's like the raw side of it, right? That's like the hard side of it. But the great part of it was that like, because I was just so close to God and so in tune with God, things that maybe I didn't know I needed to happen in my life happen, like easily. You know, things that that I maybe struggled with in the past that maybe were harder for me to get over or not think or not do were just easy for me to like not engage or not do. Uh, I, I remember having these moments where, I would be praying and like I get to the end of the day and I throughout the, I kind of structured my fast to where on the weekends it was liquids only and throughout the week like I said it was just I could eat solids but it was more restricted foods and then my time window for eating was shorter and so I would stop eating like seven o'clock or something like that and um, so I'd put the kids to bed and all that my wife would go to sleep and I would stay up and like worship and so I would just be tired I'm just like I just want to go to sleep I just want to like not feel this way right but yeah I would still show up and I would worship and God would 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 be there and I remember those moments of like just being on E literally right and I get in God's presence and he would show up so strong and I'm like oh my gosh like this is what I needed this is what my my soul desires right this is what sustains me and and through that like God just would speak to me and like he would give me words he would remind me things about myself and uh, I would shoot texts to friends who like, hey man praying for you and God would tell me things to tell them and they would get blessed by it and they like oh my gosh like that's super timely thank you so much uh I, I i got an opportunity to like give prophetic words to my wife and and it's really cool because you know when we're married we see our spouses and a lot of times we see them as our spouse right but we have to we can't forget that like our spouse is also a child of god and so when we pray and fast for our spouses what happens is we stop just seeing them as our spouse and we begin to see them the way god sees them and so the cool part about it is that i was able to like spend time praying for her and like i would go oh my gosh and god like kind of pulled the veil back and show me all that my wife was capable of and it was awesome and i was able to tell her that and um i i i remember like just being in God's presence and being able to just, you know how like the Bible talks about the promised land and how like, you know, um, 
because of a lack of faith, like they couldn't possess it, that some of them would see it, but they wouldn't be able to enter into it. Well, like through fasting, I was able in that moment, in those moments last year, I was able to see, like I felt like I was able to see the promised land for my life, for my family's life. And, and not only was I able to see it, but I felt like God gave me the faith that, that it takes to possess the land. And like all this great, great fruit um, came from fasting. And one of the crazy things that happened uh, was that one morning I'm on the way to church and I, I'm like, I feel pretty normal, but like my stomach kind of hurts. And my stomach is pretty resilient. Like if my stomach ever hurts, it doesn't hurt for very long. And so um, I am starting to feel this like pain in my stomach. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't feel good. My wife's like, hey, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And so uh, I get dressed, everything, whatever, get ready to go. And she's like, are you good? Like, you don't seem like you're all right. I'm like, I don't think I'm good, but I'll be fine, right? And um, she's like, you, you can maybe stay home if you need to. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to stay home. Like, it's just not worth it, you know? And so I'm... I'm leaving the house and I get in the car and it just feels like somebody's like literally grabbing my intestines. And I don't know what's going on because I'm not eating. I didn't eat anything bad. Like that's not the case. And so I'm just like, oh, what is happening to me right now? And I'm kind of frustrated because I just don't ever, my pain tolerance is pretty high. And I never feel this way. And I'm so I'm frustrated because of that. But also like I'm fasting. So I'm just also a little more irritable than usual. And um, so I'm on the way to work. And I'm just like, or on the way to church, and I'm just praying. I'm like, God, I just need you to show up right now. I just need healing. I need you to touch me because I don't know if I can make it if you don't intervene right now because my stomach just hurt. And I live like five or six minutes away from here. And so as I'm driving, I get to like high V-ish, and I'm listening to, I threw on some worship music, and I'm just worshiping and listening and just praising God and trying to get my mind off of how I feel. And... um so as I'm doing that, like the presence of God just like swoops in. I start crying. I'm like, holy crap, this is crazy. What is going on? And uh, like it, I, I was just so amazed that like, God showed up in that moment, right? Because I was so worried about my physical state. I didn't feel good. I was kind of freaking out. And um, he showed up. Right, and there's a song that goes, "You don't have to come, but you always do." And when he does, I'm always just so grateful. I'm like, "Thank you, Lord, like you're here." Right, and so he shows up, and uh, like I'm just driving, but I'm like, I'm almost at church. So I got to get together pretty quickly, and uh, so I'm like crying. I'm like wiping my eyes, like oh, I don't want to walk in people, you know, whatever. And so, so uh, I pull in the parking lot, and like the pain's gone. But that was it, and I'm like, "Thank you, Lord." And I walk in, but like in that moment, the presence of God and the closeness of God and just like the sweetness of his spirit was, it was amazing, right? And I, I don't want to go through any sort of pain. I don't want to go through any of that junk ever again, right? But if it means that I get the presence of God on the back end, then it's worth it, you know, because it, it, it's just something that you just can't describe that, that there's, it's something about his presence that is, that is, um, it, it's, it's unmatched, and so I was just so thankful. There's so many other stories and so many other things that came from that, from that season of fasting. And the main thing is that I just felt close to God. I felt like God was just right there with me in the moments uh, where I was seeking his face and going after him. And, you know, 
this message is really a message about fasting. But the thing is this, the thing is I couldn't call it a message, I just call it fasting, because I know that if I did, you guys wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> but but it's, really, it's really about getting close to God, right? Fasting is just us getting close to him. And so I'm gonna give you, that was, you know, that was the first portion of me just opening my life and sharing with you. And, and now I wanna give you the, um, the, the more practical things about um, fasting. And so why do we fast? If you're taking notes, the first thing is why do we fast, okay? There's tons of reasons for, for fasting. There's repentance. The, and these are all things you find in the Bible when it comes to fasting. But there's repentance, there's wisdom and decision-making, uh, healing or deliverance for yourself or a loved one. Uh, you can fast before a ministry event to show that you need God's presence to show up. And all of these are great reasons to fast. And none of these are bad reasons, right? None of them are bad in and of themselves. However, I'm going to... Uh, oversimplify it and say that fasting is for one reason and one reason only, and that is to get close to God. Because what would it profit you to receive the grace you need to preach passionately and powerfully, but as Paul says, to disqualify yourself at the end of it? 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Uh, so I'm just gonna read 27. It says, instead I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself would not be disqualified. What would it profit you to gain wisdom in your decision making and to pick the right job or the right spouse or the right house or to make the right investment or choose the perfect major in college only for you to lose your soul? The Bible says in Mark 6, 36, it says, what is a profit, I'm sorry, 8, 36, what is a profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? You have to understand that, that I'm not against any of those reasons for fasting. None of them are bad, but what happens is, I think sometimes when we go into it with this like really strict express purpose of God answer me in this way, or do this for me, or do this for that person, is at the center of that is me. At the center of that is what I want. At the center of that is my desires, and that's not what it's really about in the New Testament context. It's really about proximity to God. I think we see this in Matthew 6, 33. It says, it says that we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. And when we do that, what happens is when we get the other stuff, when we get the house, when we get the spouse, when we make the right investment, when we choose the right job, when we decide to go to the right place for college, that's all just a, a, a cherry on top, right? But as long as we have Jesus... As long as we get him, then everything else is like, oh, that's cool. Oh, I'm happy that happened, right? But when we make it about the thing and it doesn't happen, then we kind of can start to throw a hissy fit and go, oh, God, well, you did it and all that stuff. So seek first the kingdom of God. Other reasons why, three really quick reasons. It's because Jesus did it. Matthew 4, 1 through 2 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So another reason to fast is because Jesus did it. Another one is because Jesus instructed us to. In Matthew 6, 26, it says, Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites. It doesn't say if you fast. It says whenever you fast. 
And so we can we can pull from that that Jesus is saying, hey, you're supposed to be fasting. So when you do that, right, it's like saying when you breathe, breathe in your nose and out through your mouth. Not if you breathe, but when you breathe. It says when you fast, Jesus is saying, hey, you should be fasting. And the last one is one of my favorites. Uh, it's because it's our reasonable service. It's our reasonable service to fast um, for the Lord. Romans 12, 1, in the King James Version, I'm going old school on you here real quick. It says, but Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. Fasting is our reasonable service. Why is it reasonable? Because Jesus presented his body a living sacrifice. And guess what he did? He died on the cross for us. And if he can die on the cross for us, I think it's okay for me to go a couple hours without eating. I think it's okay for me to go a couple days without eating, right? Like, you choose. Die on the cross, don't eat for a couple days. I won't eat. That seems reasonable to me, okay? (laughs) It's our reasonable service. So now that we know why we should fast, let's talk about what it is biblically. Scripturally, Fasting cannot be understood outside of prayer. Fasting should conform to the same conditions as prayer. It shouldn't be extravagant or showy. It should be in quietness before God, arising out of gratitude, expressing thanksgiving, grounded in faith, and as a means of spiritual growth. We just read it a second ago, but here's the rest of the verse in Matthew 6, 20. 26. It says, whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, when they do that, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Right? So it says, ah, <sighs> Miles, what's wrong with you? Oh, I'm fasting. Oh, I need a glass of water. Anything, nourishment, right? Here's the deal. I love it. If I do that and you have pity on me and you give me water and you come and rub my back, oh, I said, you okay, little baby, right? Guess what? The Bible doesn't poo-poo that. God's not saying, woe is you. He's just saying, that's your reward. That's what I get. Right there. Great. Wonderful, right? No, not wonderful, right? I want to come in shining like a new penny, all on the face, looking good, smelling good, feeling good. Maybe not feeling great, but feeling good. And you say, hey, Miles, you doing good? I'm doing great, right? Because when, when I come at it from that approach, then my father who sees in secret will reward me. And the reward that he has is way better. I'm sorry. I'm sure some of you are great back rubbers, but it's way better than your back rub, okay? So, so when we fast, we have to remember to, hey, I'm not here to tell the whole world, say, look at me, I'm holy, I'm fasting. No, but I, I'm fasting so I can get close to God. Uh, fasting is our service to God. It is a spiritual discipline and practice. Um, the more you do it, the, one, the thing I want to say about that is the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Remember the first time you started praying and it was kind of weird? You're like, what do I say? And then like the first time you pray out loud and that's kind of weird. Then the first time you like pray in front of other people, that's really weird, right? But the more you do it, 
it's like it's just talking to God, right? It's all talking to God, but the more you do it, the more comfortable you get talking to him. So fasting is a spiritual discipline. The more you do it, the better you'll be at it. Uh, fasting is to remind ourselves that our spiritual existence is more important than our spirit, uh, than our physical existence. We see this uh, idea all throughout scriptures. In Matthew 4, 4, he, he answered, it is written, man must not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, not for French fries, not for McDonald's, not for a latte from Starbucks, but blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Psalms 42, one through two says, as the deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. John 4, 31 says, in the meantime, the disciples kept urging him. They're talking to Jesus. They kept urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. And they're like, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> like, I know, I know you got it like that, Jesus, but... Food that I don't know about, there's only one type of food. Verse 33, the disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? And Jesus looks at him and he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Like, think about that. He's like, I'm so consumed with doing the will of my father who sent me that I don't even want to eat. I don't even want to put food in my body because I'm so fixed on what it is he's called me to do. So that's what fasting is. What is fasting not? Fasting is not a diet. Intermittent fasting, that's a, it's, it's a term you're going to hear if you hang around like health and fitness people, and that's fine. Intermittent fast, I intermittent fast, but I don't do it for spiritual reasons. I do it for physical reasons. Fasting is not a diet, all right? Let me tell you. There are way better ways and easier ways to lose weight than just not eating, all right? That's not a good idea. It's not healthy. It's just not good. So fasting is not a diet. Uh, fasting is not about your performance. When you're fasting, uh, if you make it performance-based, what happens is, in our minds, we create a bunch of if-then statements, meaning if I don't eat all day, then God will move in my life in this way. If I'm good and I make sure that I, 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 I don't, um, you know, I only have water, then God will answer my prayers. But we have to understand, we, were, we know that it's not about our works. It's not about performance. Um, fasting is not a means by which we receive salvation, forgiveness, or attention. You will see in the Old Testament where it talks about repentance and all that stuff and forgiveness, and, that, and they couple that sometimes with fasting. But again, that's an Old Testament context, right? We don't do that in the New Testament. We understand and believe and know that we are saved by grace, through faith, and not of works, okay? So fasting, fasting is not a means by which we receive salvation, forgiveness, or attention. Uh, fasting is not abstaining, this is a good one, fasting is not abstaining from social media, TV, hobbies, or spending. That's not fasting. Okay, it's a common misconception, and that's okay. And and abstaining from those things are good to help us get self discipline, which we see in the Bible. It's great. Okay, and I would encourage you, if you choose to fast, to make sure that you go ahead and and do some of that as well, right? But 
in and of itself, if I decide I'm not going to watch TV this week because I'm fasting, but then I still eat and all that stuff, it's not a fast. Okay. So um, that is, and that's just what we see in the Bible. Okay. Right. We have to understand that fasting is about food and our physical bodies. So um, we know why. We know what. Now how. All right. And Lexi, you can come up. I'm landing this plane. It's coming to a screeching halt. Uh, um, these are a couple of ways that I, things that I um, learned last year and learned through reading um, that I think will be helpful as it pertains to how you fast. Number one, uh, go into a clear, defined intentions with the first and foremost of them being, I, w- I just want to get close to God. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is know how long you want to fast. Uh, as I said earlier, there, the, the different lengths for fast we find in the Bible is a one day from morning to evening uh, with no food permitted until night, okay? That's uh, the first one, one day fast. Um, the second thing, the second one is uh, three day. I misspoke earlier, I said five, not five, seven, 21 and 40 day fast. You can fast for however long you want, but those are the days that, that's how long we see fast go in the Bible. Um, Fast discreetly, I already explained that. I will say this pro tip, uh, if you're married, let your spouse know you're fasting because you will be depleted, you won't have any energy, it's gonna take everything in your, within your being to just stay focused on the Lord. Uh, You don't have to do as, as extreme of a fast as I did, and I probably wouldn't recommend it unless God tells you to. Um, But that being said, it's still going to require something from you, right? And physically, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm just tired. And so I, my wife is a behavioral therapist, so she uh, understands my behavior better than I understand my behavior. And she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And she's like, okay. So uh, anyways, long story short, she's just like, a couple days, she's like, you've been really distant. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Because in my head, I'm like, I'm just trying to stay alive right now. Like, I'm just trying to keep breathing, okay? And she's all like, but you haven't, like, given me hugs or kisses. I'm like, I can't lift my arms up. <laughs> but but finally, I realized, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fasting. And I told her, and then we had a conversation about it. And she's like, oh, good, I thought it was something else. I'm like, nope, nothing else. And so tell your spouse. Um, recite scriptures frequently, uh, especially when you're severely, severely tempted. Um, I'm not going to explain this to you, but because Jensen does a great job of uh, going through this, and I would um, recommend you come and see me or Joey after service so we can put you on the text list, because at some point today, I'm going to text out those resources that I was t- telling you about, the message and then the two books, and um, and uh, then you can you can like look through that yourself. He does a phenomenal job explaining fasting. It's unbelievable. Um, he's a powerful, powerful man of God. But just know that like you want to connect your desire for God and his word and his presence to your lack of food. And so every time I felt my stomach grumble or growl, I, again, I would say, I don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
you know. So make sure that you're you're getting these scriptures in you and you're reciting them every time you're hungry. Number five, engage with scripture, prayer, worship, or some other spiritual discipline before eating to further reinforce that you desire God more than food. So like, I would be at work, again, I'm a barber, so my schedule's usually packed and I have like holes here and there. And usually if I got 10 minutes, I can scarf down some food and I'm good to go. But during my fast, I was like, okay, I'm, I got 10 minutes. That's not enough time for me to eat and read my devotional or pray or do something. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to warm up my food. I'm going to uh, take this 10 minutes, read devotional, get my, my, my uh, mind focused on God. And then when I have another 10 minute break or whatever it is, uh, I'm going to eat my food. Okay. But what that did again is just it reinforces the idea that this flesh doesn't matter. That I'm not, I'm not what you can see. I'm a spirit man, right? And when I choose to feed myself with the spirit in the spirit realm first instead of the physical realm, what happens is I think God honors that and it reminds me mentally and spiritually that what's inside matters more than what's outside. Uh, pray often, have fun with it, okay? Pray often and have fun with it. Again, we can't understand fasting outside of the context of prayer. So if we're not eating, but we're not praying or reading our Bible, then we're, we're missing the point, right? We're missing the point. We're making it about not eating and abstaining and self-discipline and uh, crucifying our flesh, but it's really about like, hey, we need to focus on God. So um, I would often try and pray for others. I took a day, one day to like pray for my daughter, to pray for my son, I think. I don't even remember if he was born then. Uh, but my son or my wife, or I had some friends in ministry and uh, I would pray for them and uh, wrote them a note, mailed it to them, you know. And like then after that, I would eat, right? Or I would have whatever it was I was eating. Next one is don't quit. Do not quit, right? Because if the goal is for us to get closer to God, then the enemy does not want you closer to God. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to try and tell you to quit. You're going to get two days in and you're going to be like, this sucks. I don't like it. I'm terrible. I told myself I wasn't going to do this or do that or whatever the, the parameters are. And what happened? You messed up. And so you're defeated. You're feeling condemned. You're like, all right, I'm done. And that's what the enemy wants because he knows that if you just keep pressing and keep pushing and keep going, that what's going to happen? You're going to get closer to God, right? So he doesn't want that to happen. So you're going to have problems. You're going to have hiccups. No big deal. Just don't quit. Keep going. Consult your physician. You guys understand that. If you have issues and you want to know what you can do physically, consult your physician. Uh, and then lastly, you want to work it into your schedule or life regularly, right? Regularly, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, you want to be fasting regularly, okay? Because this is something that we should make a habit of. It's a reasonable service to say, God, you know what? I'm going to forego food. I'm going to forego some entertainment. And I'm going to put you first in my life. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to read my word. And I'm going to seek your face because I want to be close to you, okay? So stand up with me. You know, maybe you're here today and you're far from God, right? Maybe you've never given your life to him. Maybe you've never come into relationship with him. And you say, Miles, I, I, I just, I, I don't know maybe, right? I've been around the church before. I've given my life to God before and it didn't work out for this reason or that. But let me, let me tell you, God is calling you home this morning. He wants nothing more than to be close with you. And the, and the spiritual Christianese word we have for that is salvation. 
It's simply saying, God, I'm giving my life to you because the way that I've been doing it myself hasn't worked out. And when we do that, we believe and we know and we understand that we will end up in heaven. Again, we're saved by grace through faith, not of works. And so if you've been far from God and there has been no relationship with him, he's calling you close today. He wants to be close with you. And if you're here this morning and you say, Miles, I I just want to be close to God. I just want to bless his heart. I just want to, to, to desire him more than I desire the things of this world. Yeah, there's sins. Yeah, there's, there's stuff that I need. Yeah, there's people in my family that need to be saved. Yes, I need wisdom and insight. But more than anything, God, I need your presence. I need your saving grace. And so I want to pray for both groups of people. And Lexi's going to sing the song. And, and, and as I'm praying, I just want you, because, because you desire to be close to God, whether that's through salvation or, or that's just through, that you sense God over the course of this message is calling you to fast. You say, I just want to be close to God. When I'm done praying, Lexi's going to start singing. And I just want you to spend a couple moments. And again, if that's you, you want to get close to God, just, I want you to come up front as a sign to say, God, I'm getting close to you. Okay. So I'm going to pray, say amen. She's going to sing. And if that's you, I just want you to come up front. So Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are a God whose arms are open wide. That you welcome us in. That you're not mad at us. That you're not frustrated with us or upset with us. You don't look down on us. You don't wag a finger at us. Your brow is not furrowed at us because of decisions we made last week or last night. But you're a God who smiles at us. You're a God who loves us. You're a God who understands our temptations. Who is, it, who is tempted in every way just like us. And because of that, Lord, you have grace for us. You know our fashion. You know our form. You know we are but dust. You know we are but dirt. And you still love us. And so, Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, if there be anybody here, Lord, that needs to come into a real, true relationship with you, God, if they would pull down the walls, that they would let go of their selfish pride, that they would humble themselves and give their life to you in Jesus' name. And God, if there be anybody here today who's already been saved, but they say, man, I just want to be close to God. I just desire your presence. I just desire to feel you near. And you're calling them into a fast and you're, you're calling them to, to deny themselves, to take up their cross and to follow you. God, I pray that on the other side of that, Lord Jesus, that you would do what only you can do. And that is give us your presence. Deliver yourself to us whole and complete and true. Father, we thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. 
You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.